Hello, and welcome to the Scratching and Surviving podcast, where I'm your host, Aries Webb Williams. Today, I wanted to share an interview that I did with Melrick Mitchell on his podcast, Color of Wisdom. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe and check him out. He's on um, Apple Podcasts and I think Spotify as well. This was a recording before Corona, before COVID, uh, BC. But I still wanted to share what we discussed about networking and connecting. So, you know, now that we're in this virtual new normal, it's even more important to be intentional about connecting with others. So I hope you take something away from this interview that you can use. Um, so without further ado, here is my interview on the Color of Wisdom podcast. In life, we will experience both setbacks and success. When we learn from those experiences, we grow in wisdom. On this podcast, we will share and discuss the wisdom we have gained from life. Hey guys, how's it going? So today we're here with Aries Webb Williams. Now, she's a software portfolio advisor, a program manager, a business operation manager. She's done a ton of different things. She also manages Bold Black Girls, the podcast and the podcast, Scratching and Surviving. She's active in the community. She's active in ATW Alliance for Technology and Women. She's active in her church. She's a chief connection officer. So if you're looking for someone that knows how to connect, this is the person that you want to talk with. And actually, this leads us into the way that we even met. So a couple of years ago, I was speaking at ATW, uh, at the city corporation office here in the Dallas area. And she... She attends the session. She's like, hey, check it out. I can only be here for a couple minutes because I got to go to a concert in a moment. <laughs> but uh, I want to just uh, introduce myself to you, and I'm going to reach out to you on LinkedIn or some other way afterwards just to where we can continue a conversation. Thank you for coming out. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> and she was gone. That was it. But the thing that I liked about that was she's very intentional on connecting with people, right? And so when I follow her like on various you know social platforms, I see her at a lot of the events that I go to or with other groups of running in similar circles of folks because she's intentional on connecting with people, not networking, but connecting. And that connection is what makes the difference to your career, to what you're doing in the community, with what you're doing with your family. And so we're going to learn from her today on the art of connecting with people. Aries, welcome to... What up? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. I'm like, yay, I want somebody yeah. else's podcast. Yes. I love when I get to do that because I'm always the one stressing out about questions and what we're going to talk about mm -hmm. and all that. So now I get to just relax and chill. Yeah, just kick I don't back think about editing or anything. This is exactly. Great. We, we got all this over <laughs> here. And so, so, again, welcome. And so when it comes to connecting with, with people, have you always been a connector? I say that I have always been a connector, even though I didn't know that's what I was doing. Um, I was very shy as a child, so I really just focused on one-on-one -on -one interpersonal relationships. So I wasn't the type that wanted to be out speaking in front of people, doing something like this. Never. I was just, like, quiet. But I had quality friendships at a young age because I was interested in people and very curious so I always asking a lot of questions and wanting to get to know people. But my parents were very social. 
And so my dad, we would walk in the mall and he, we couldn't barely walk a couple steps without him running into somebody that he knew. And my mom the same way, you know, so I'm like, oh, my God, I used to get annoyed by it. But then by the time I got to high school, my dad was saying the same thing to me. He's like, OK, look, at now it's you the one that's like you running into people and stuff like that. So I didn't it was mostly on the social side, I think, when it started off. But then it wasn't until probably about five years ago that I was more intentional about my professional network mm-hmm. because I started seeing the value in that. Right, right. And, and you are just like your dad because if I ask someone, oh, do you know Aries? Oh, yeah, I know Aries. <laughs> doesn't matter what group I'm at. They know about you. They know what you're doing. That's so crazy. Because mm-hmm. I used to, you know, so on the social side, in Dallas, like, I pretty much know a lot of the, like, party promoters and club owners and stuff like that. So it was, like, street cred, basically, when me and my girls were out and be like, oh, we're going to go here. And then people know us. They're like, oh, we got y'all. Come on mm-hmm. in. You know, get us in free. They're like, Aries know everybody. And so what happened was I went through something with my job and uh, a layoff and realized that my professional network wasn't the same as my personal. So where I'm like, I can't just call somebody and, and be like, hey, you know, I'm looking for a job or whatever. So I was like, Mm-mm, that's not going to work. Right. Obviously, you know how to do this. You just need to do it in the right environment. And right. so I really did get intentional about who, what groups I'm connecting with and um, not just being everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, because you can just be at every networking event all over town. It's not quality. And for me, I I'm still holding on to that same concept of building relationships, not being the person who's just like getting business cards all over. Because that's the way I have stacks and stacks of business cards. It doesn't matter until you follow up, you know, and make sure it's a valuable connection. Because if I'm just connecting with somebody who's like a, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what, what kind of profession, but that does not, has nothing to do with anything that I'm doing or anyone else that I'm connecting with. It's a waste of time. So, that we can't waste, especially with me. I'm a single mom. I don't even like to say single mom because I co-parent with their dad, but still, you know, it's like my time is valuable to Correct. be out here networking in the evenings when I can be with my kids. So right. I have to make make it make sense, you know. And, and, and so let's talk a little bit more also just about that experience that you, you know, when you're in between jobs, mm-hmm. you need support in multiple yes. different ways, right? And so your network can also be your lifeline, right? Not just mm-hmm. from a find the next gig, but there's help that you need. So how did your network support you during that challenging time? Well, first, I'm not from Texas. I'm from California. So when I moved here, I moved with my job. I was working at AT AT&T at the time. And so I had coworkers. They were my network. You know, that was it. And so I was fine with that. And I was like on team, no new friends. You know, Mm -hmm. like my friends are back in the Bay. I'm not trying to really do all that. So me and the kid's dad, we kind of had our own internal network. So I had to be intentional to build relationships within the organization first. And then as I started kind of branching out and um, went to grad school, I built a network there. Started, you know, I, I think, you know, when you're back in college and you're not going to the office hours or you're not kind of going to those other little meetups. You don't realize how valuable those are until you don't have that connection later. So I started seeing my classmates you know, connecting on other things. I'm like, okay, wait, maybe I need to start, you know, doing this and doing that. But when I started building an intentional network, those 
these are people who are coming to me, like knowing that I'm laid off and saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know, how can I help you? Do you need an introduction with this person? Or if it's a job that I'm seeing that I, I'm interested in, you know, them making a call for me or mm-hmm. shooting an email. But a lot of it started from me doing that for other people first. Right. So being a giver first made people want to help me. So that's kind of a part of just my strategy, I would say, in building relationships is figuring out what what value can I add to this person? Um, Not even knowing if I'm ever going to need anything from you. You know, it's just like, hey, I know someone over here. Let me help you. And then when the time would come where maybe I'm in need, then they were like, heck yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like I'll help you Mm -hmm. because you did so much, you know, that why wouldn't I? True, true. So if you help enough people, I think it was I don't want to misquote who said this, but essentially, if you help enough people get what they want, they will in turn help you also get where you want to be. Right. And sometimes I feel like it's just kind of the adage on sowing and reaping, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that whole principle is that even if it's not you, like if I help you right now, it may not be you who gives back to me. It Mm -hmm. could be somebody else from somewhere else. True. And that's usually how it works. Mm -hmm. It's usually just kind of is a it's a principle that whether you're a religious person or not, it is what it is. If yes. I put seed in some good ground and water it, mm-hmm. it's gonna grow, whatever right. it is. So I look at life like that as far as like I'm giving I just got through doing it this morning. Somebody who hit me up like, Hey, you, I see somebody you're connected with on LinkedIn. I just applied for a job over there. Would you mind shooting an email? Sure. Send an email to the side real quick, you know, and let them know, hey, they're gonna reach out to you. Da, da, da. Cool. I don't know what's gonna happen with right. that. But you just never know, you know. True. So I just try to live in that kind of positive mindset so that um, I'm planting positive seeds, you know, mm-hmm. out in the world. And it always comes back. It always comes back. Oh, so, true, true. Yeah. And, and when you look at, like, your network, right, um, right, you used it, you know, they've helped you work-wise, right, to find mm-hmm. employment and those types of things. But also, how has your network helped you to grow your podcast? Oh, wow. So... And actually, before you tell us how it's helped you to grow the podcast, tell us about both of those okay. podcasts. Okay. So the first podcast is Scratching and Surviving. And that was one I started back in 2018. And I really probably could have started in 2017, but I was so scared to put my voice out there because mm-hmm. I just was like, am I going to say something crazy? You know, it's like I wasn't really creating content like mm-hmm. that. And so I'm like, you know, the internet is kind of scary. People are out there. They can say anything. And, um, but I knew I had a story worth sharing. Right. And um, I studied and studied and, and tried to figure it out. But the reason why I call it Scratching and Surviving is really based on my life story. Because um, that's what I feel like my life is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Still Good to times. this day. <laughs> but in a different way. Not so much as like, it's the negative side of it. It's more just like, I feel like that's what we're all really doing, you know? So people say, I'm not um, surviving, I'm thriving. But but really, it is kind of a, a survival of the fittest type of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, if you can take nothing and make something, like that's how you, that's survival, right. you know? I tell my kids, I'm like, if you're, if you're, you don't know how to do something. Try to figure it out. It's, it feels so good to, like, accomplish that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know how to do this. And then I figured it out. And look at me now. You know, I can yeah. do this now. That's a part of my, you know, add that to mm-hmm. my skill set. And so the the podcast was the same way, um, Scratching and Surviving. It was one that 
I was interviewing people a lot, you know, on that one at first. But I just was fumbling through it. I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of, it was quality as far as like how I was creating it. But it wasn't, it was just something to say, this is my first chance to push myself to go out there and just mm-hmm. do something. So whether it was perfect or not, I just right. just did so- it. And I learned from it, you know, over time because I wasn't consistent with doing it every week and all that kind of stuff. I figured that out later that mm-hmm. batch recording is like your friend. But um, once I got into the second podcast, me and my co-host, Kim, Kimberly Timms, we created it back in July last year. But it was based out of a need for Black women in the community in the corporate workspace where we start seeing a need that the way that Black women were being treated in corporate America it's not just an individual situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to think it was just me at right. my job struggling. You know, like, it's my personality. It's, you know, I don't mm-hmm. work well with these people or something like that. But I realized it wasn't just me. And so the more I would talk to people about what was going on, I was like, wait a minute. It's more, this is happening everywhere. Like, True. whoa, we need to start really talking about this. And so I did a panel um, with a lot of Black women in um, different tech spaces and they were talking about their experience and it was from the high high level to mm-hmm. you know and I'm like dang you're way up there and you're still going through so me and Kim the the response from that panel that we did people were like oh my god like we need to hear have more of this kind of conversation around this and we need more of it but I didn't have a platform for it mm-hmm. you know it was just like yeah we do but where are we going to do this at you know so me and Kim I was just like let's start a podcast and at this point I felt like I had learned all the lessons from kind of messing up, doing Scratching and Surviving. Um, so I put a pause on Scratching and Surviving, and and having a co-host was so much better because she has a lot of skill set that I don't have right. and vice versa. And we were just like, we work well together as far as our chemistry and, and things. She's way more organized than me. <laughs> and so I'm the activator. She's like the organizer. So um, it just took off immediately. Like literally we did probably... I think we did like 10 episodes and then we did a live event and 100 people came. And I'm like, 100 people came? You know, like, this is crazy. But it showed that it was having an impact that Mm -hmm. quickly. You know, we used Instagram to kind of promote a lot more because I have, you know, a decent amount of people that are on my page just for a regular person, not the Mm -hmm. Instagram numbers. I'm not up there. But it was enough to where it's like, okay, if we get 600 people following us, that's cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the time, it probably was only like, a hundred, you know, or something. So it let me know and it lets me know every time that we do anything in the community, people are like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. You know, like you're hitting it. <laughs> so we know that the audience that we're trying to uh, appeal to, which is, you know, really trying to build a community of support for, mm-hmm. for black women or, you know, organize these kind of conversations right. where we can do that. A lot of leadership uh, conversations and personal and professional development. That's really the stuff that we're focusing on because we found out that a lot of us are not networking. Mm-hmm. We're not understanding the office politics that's mm-hmm. going on around us that we are part of, but we're not participating, right. Right. you know, in the way that we should actively. Because, because a lot of times we'll just say, well, I'm just here to do my job. I'm come here and do what I need to do. Yes. And then I'm going home. And that's a cultural thing. Correct. You know, we were taught that from our parents, yeah. you know, because that was the safe way to survive mm-hmm. in this country. Right. Not you to know? be seen almost. Yeah, it's like, do your job and get out of there. You mm-hmm. know, the less you're there, the less trouble, you know, you can um, be a part of. But, you know, it's like, that's not quite how it works. Right. You know, and- nowadays, especially in the corporate environment, we're, my parents weren't in corporate. They mm-hmm. were um, doing other type of roles. A lot of our 
people were blue collar, you know, workers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm one of the first ones to work in an office, you know, do, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So it was like they couldn't teach me what the game was, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know. I kind of learned by trial and error, a lot of error. Right. <laughs> well, that's, 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 that's one of the one of the key ways to learn, right? Yeah. And so you know, it was like... Education can be expensive. And I had to seek education. Mm-hmm. I had to seek exposure. And I got around other people who did not look like me that put me on, you know, basically saying, this is how it works. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that sucks. It's not fair. But if you want to succeed, you kind of have to know the rules in order to play it. Right. It's getting played. You're yeah. getting played or, you know, you're mm-hmm. participating. So- so, so if I'm hearing you correctly, so part of like when you're growing your network within the workplace, per se, is you got to get, be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. reach out to other folks that are outside of your normal demographics, yes. right? Yes. And also don't be afraid. Yeah, because the thing about it is I remember going to like networking events, right? I had imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So for me to go to a networking event with a bunch of people I don't know, I'm like a wallflower. I don't feel like I can have a decent conversation with you. Like, I don't, what am I adding value to this? Mm-hmm. They're going to find out that I'm not really as smart as I think I am, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever it is. And so I was intimidated. Like, I don't know how to, yeah. just to start small talk is like, uh, what do we talk mm-hmm. about here? You know? And, but the more you put yourself in those um, uncomfortable situations, the more comfortable you're going to get. Right. I sure. mean, practice make, you know, perfect. Perfect, right? <laughs> so you get more and more comfortable, and then you could try different things, True. you know? So it's like, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do this time? I'm going to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was, let's say I'm going to something where there's a panel or a speaker, like with you, when I met you, I was I was already a professional by the oh, time I met I, you. I, I could tell. But I was still not all the way <laughs> professional. Like right now, I feel like I'm a professional, for real. Uh-huh. But I was kind of like, okay, I'm almost about to graduate, you know, <laughs> at uh-huh. this point. And I did my research ahead of time. Who's all going to be on this panel? Let me go look each person up. What can mm-hmm. I find out about this person? But that came from reading books like um, Lynchpin and How to Win Friends and Influence People and Never Eat Alone and, right. you know, stuff like that mm-hmm. to where you're learning that people connecting is how you can make an impact and how you can stand out is by sure. saying, oh, I found, I went to the same college as you and, mm-hmm. you know, I read up about, your, I read your book or yeah. I saw your website or, you know, you say something like that. It's like, oh, my eyes open a little bit. Mm-hmm. Someone says, I, I listened to an episode of your podcast. I'm like, for real? You know, I'm going <laughs> to listen to you first, yeah. right? Um, it's just a natural human thing that we want to, we like people to yeah. care about us, you sure. know? Sure. So it's like, oh, you you took the time to like actually go look me up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. When somebody tells me they saw my website, I'm like, wait, what did you see? I want to go back and make sure it's not yeah. messed up, you know? Right, or right, something. right. So trying to kind of taking that risk, it is a risk to put yourself out there. You got to be vulnerable mm-hmm. um, to say, hey, I might not know, but there are ways that you can do it where it's a little more safe. Like I have friends who, when they were just starting to network, they'll say, can you come with me? to this event mm-hmm. because they know I'm, I don't even care. It was like real estate. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, I'm in there. You know, <laughs> they're like, I can't believe you. Like, this is not even your industry. And you didn't met people and all this stuff. So I'm like, like, yeah, we're going to lunch next weekend. You want to come? Exactly. <laughs> like, so yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. it's like, they started picking up on just, I said, I don't like teach. And actually I'm trying to mm-hmm. develop something where I'm going to actually teach people this, but I'm like, just be there and you can see kind of what I'm doing. I was a political science major in college, in undergrad. I thought I was going to be a lawyer from that. But I ended up getting an MBA instead. 
because I was just like, I want to be a manager one day. I had low level mm-hmm. goals, like seriously, because mm-hmm. I just, I worked in a call center and I want to be a manager because I was right. like, I don't like people telling me what to do. So what do I need to do? And I kept seeing that MBA preferred on every job, mm-hmm. go get an MBA. But what I didn't know is I was being exposed to new things. My classmates, I was in an executive MBA program. They were all like, I have VPs and, and senior level, you know, C- CEOs, mm-hmm. you know, stuff in my class. And I'm like, whoa, this is like five levels above what I was trying to be, right, you know, right. and I'm learning way more. I got exposed to going internationally. So I was forced kind of to push myself. So if I'm hearing you, your network was stretching your mind. Yes. And your exposure. Exactly. So going with the group that runs and moves faster than you. Yes. In a different area is key to seeing some things that you've never seen before. It pushes you. Yes. You know, when I was a little girl, I grew up in the hood, you know, and nobody around me was doing anything mm-hmm. really of mm-hmm. value. It was just kind of like scratching and surviving, right? right? It was like an episode of Good Times every day, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and you made it to the next day, so right. we're good, you know. But I always had something in me from, I remember at seven years old saying it to myself, like, I can't, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. This can't be. What my life, I don't want to live here when I grow up. Yeah. I just knew that. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it can't but be it can't up in here. Yeah. I'm trying to be a Huxtable, you mm-hmm. know, but I had a cousin who we went to a family reunion one day, me and my dad um, and my grandmother, it's her side, their side of the family. And I never met these people. I was 12 years old and I went to their house and it was like, I still don't know nobody with a house that was that fat. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? We lived in a one bedroom with five of us wow. up in there, you know, and we were happy. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is somebody who's actually of in it. reach yes. that has this, you know, someone I know who I can ask questions to. And I'm like, um, what do I need to do to get this? Mm-hmm. I literally like right then and there asked her and she was like, go to college. Yeah. You need to go to school. Don't have no kids till you're 40. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, go to school. That's all. That was the that was the goal. So I said, OK, school, that's going to get me out. You right. know, and the more I did that, obviously, in preparation of school and to get good grades, you had to have groups and mm-hmm. meet people and do things to like, you know, make that happen. Yeah. So it started, you know, kind of there. Mm-hmm. The curiosity. So, so they started you on education, like ed- education's pathway to the future, as mm-hmm. Malcolm would say. Yep. And then everything else continued onward. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this question. So you clearly understand the art, the importance and how to grow a network. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone is just starting out, or even they're already experienced. It doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. What are some tips that you would give them to connect with people? First, I say, know why you're trying to do this. Why do you feel like you need a network? Like, mm-hmm. you got to kind of start from the grassroots of, are you just trying to do this to get a job? Because mm-hmm. you're going to come off like, and you're not going to come off. You're going to be like, it's almost like a salesman. Right. People usually in sales, which I'm in sales, but people usually look at salespeople like that's not a good thing. You mm-hmm. know, because like, don't you're trying to sell me. You're coming in kind of like greedy, selfish. Yeah. And that's not really what you should be as a salesperson. You should be providing something of value to this person that they need to solve mm-hmm. a problem, you mm-hmm. know. But so I start out as a problem solver. I'm a tech. I was a tech support person. So I always in root cause analysis, get to mm-hmm. the bottom and find out how we can fix something. Right. So my mindset is always there. So I say, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you understand that it's a value to have and you're not immediately trying to the best time to build your network is when you don't need one. 
True. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. If you just got laid off today, it's not you probably won't see the value of a network right now. You won't you'll see that the next go around, mm-hmm. you know, cuz it takes time and trust to do that. So you're going to have to do something, build, you know, give add value to someone. So mm-hmm. it's someone you admire. For me, like with ATW, it gave me an opportunity to offer things to people. Right. Hey, you know, I'd like to have you as a speaker. Mm-hmm. Really, because I just want to get you exposed. Yes. I don't need nothing from you right now. You know, when I met you, it wasn't that I just like I needed something. I was just like, hey, he got, he's he knows all about leadership development. Like, I'm curious. I want to learn more about him. It wasn't that I needed anything necessarily at that moment, right, but right. it was like. This is a person mm-hmm. that I can, I want to be around people who are doing things, you know? Well, appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> so that was the main, you know, thing. So it's like, oh, okay, I can give something mm-hmm. of value. And, and then I would say, like, trust yourself. Like, know what your value is. What is your value? What do you have to offer? Everyone has something. True. Everyone. I have mentees right now that... It's crazy because I'd be like, how I got mentees? Like, you know, because I just had that mentality. It's still hard to break when you've been in that circle. A lot of it, like I said, is cultural from just kind of limiting yourself and just being like, you in this box. But I've always felt like I was outside the box. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you got to know what you add to the the program. You know, like you got something. You can stand next to people and talk about something. You know, you got something to add. So know what that is so that you can know how to position yourself when you come in, in contact with other people. Okay. So those are kind of the the main things. But also, you know, like if you're going to go find you some meetups that are in the industry or area that you want to learn more about. I don't care if you're doing calligraphy or an artist. Go find some other artists in the area to meet, right. to get to know. Mm-hmm. Just for you can learn from people. Go in with a spirit of like learning and giving. And then you just never know what that's going to produce. So it gives you a chance to have something that you can talk about, mm-hmm. you know. So if it's in in an industry that you're comfortable with, you're going to be more likely to have good conversation to, yeah. to talk to people. So me, sure. I'm just like, hey, if it's something I don't know nothing about, I'm like, hey, how are you? Like, how'd you hear about this? You know, who who invited you here? You know, mm-hmm. let's start with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm like, oh, my friend, this person. Oh, OK, I know her. You know, yeah, she's this, this and that. Oh, for real? Y'all went to college together? Okay, great. What school did you go to? You just start learning about people, and then you find out you might have some things in common. Yeah. You know, so it just starts off like that. Um, and then I would say, like I said, do your research. So if it's something where there's a panel and you know exactly who's going to be there, mm-hmm. I'm not going if there's not nobody there that I don't need to meet. You know, like I started going into places where I didn't know anyone, and I would say, there's one person there tonight that you need to meet. Right. That's going to be the person that you need to have mm-hmm. a connection with. Your job is to figure out who it is. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if I don't know anybody, but I know this is a great event to go to because industry-wise, it's like, great. I do it all the time now. It's like, whatever. But I'm like, I got to talk to enough people to find out who that one person was, right? True, so true. I need to it's figure it out. It's going to force you to have those multiple conversations mm-hmm. with people, even if it's just the folks at your table. Yes. And you can say, hey, I got this question. Who should I ask? In this room. Exactly. And they probably know somebody else there. Oh, you should talk to It happens so many times. But you got to be willing to mess it up. Yes. So what? You messed up. So -hmm. what? You left there and you didn't really meet anybody. Okay, that's fine. But you're that much more comfortable to do it again. 
True. But don't give up on it because if you're just like, because I talk to women, a lot of times it's black women because that's the, what, you know, who mm-hmm. we're talking to the most, but they're like, mm, I don't, you know, feel comfortable or I feel like I don't, I shouldn't have to do that. And it's like, no, you don't. Not if you don't want to mm-hmm. like grow a network right. of people who actually can help you out, you know, or who you can help because, you know, you can be a hermit, you know, and mm-hmm. stay in the house because I was that at one point in time. But I feel like it's important. That whole thing about it's not what you know, it's who you know. That is so true because yeah. yeah. literally the job I have right now, I didn't know. They're like, we could teach you that part. We need what you have to add as value, you know, being a people person mm-hmm. who already has an extensive network who so all of this kind of came back full circle with me it's something I was doing like I feel like it was like a hobby you know so mm-hmm. when I was off work for a year I didn't just sit around the house sending out resumes yeah. I was going to events meeting people Correct. shaking hands kissing babies <laughs> mm-hmm. you know put, adding putting things together doing my own thing saying well okay well I'll make my own panel you know I'm gonna create an event you know or something and so just putting work in to where that work that I was doing, not with the company, added was something that was appealing to a company. Because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you already, you're used to talking to C-level executives. You're comfortable walking into a room of 300 people and going to meet folks and, and all that. everyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's all they needed. They're like, True. we'll teach you all the technology and all the whatever you need to know about the services and products and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that you're willing to do that, that's mm-hmm. a win, you know, for them. So Fantastic. So one final question for you. So what final piece of advice would you give our audience out there, our listeners? I would say the first thing is to know your own value and worth, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's what holds a lot of us back and the fear um, of stepping out there because we feel like, I don't know, who am I? You know, what -hmm. what little old me got to say? You know, you have a lot to say, you know, and we all have something to add here. Like, that's why you're here. I'm a full believer of purpose. And your purpose is not being fulfilled when you're not out there doing what you're supposed to do. And in order to do that, people need to know your story. They need to know what you do, how you do it, how you did it um, in order to add value. And so just trust that what you feel, because we all have that little (laughs) something in there that we know we're supposed to be doing, is a real feeling that should be acted upon. So just be vulnerable, step out there and trust yourself, you know, in this process. Okay. So actually, I have one final question. How can they connect with you? You can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's like my my Twitter and my Instagram. <laughs> um, that's where I'm popular <laughs> on okay. it. LinkedIn, Aries Webb Williams. It's easy. There is another Aries Webb on there, though, which I mm. thought I was unique, but there is another a black lady named Aries Webb, which is crazy. But so Aries Webb Williams, that's me on LinkedIn. Also, Instagram, Aries WW. Um, that's where I'm most popular. But also, you can check out the podcast, Bold Black Girls. We're Bold Black Girls everywhere. So, boldblackgirls.com, scratchingandsurviving.com. So which, if you want to connect with either podcast, they have their own website. So you can hit them up. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you again, Aries. Thanks for Aries. having me, Mel. Thank you for uh, sharing all your knowledge with the group. And thank you for, I'm um, glad we met at the... I am too. At the ATW. And we event. go to church together. Yes. All of those places. <laughs> See, it all kind of connects yes, and aligns. Yes, so. Most definitely. Thanks again. Hey, listeners, again, thank you for listening to my podcast today. Uh, again, I always encourage you to share the information that you're learning with others out there, right? Don't keep it all to yourself. And also, please subscribe to our channel. Have a phenomenal day, and I'll talk with you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. This episode of The Color of Wisdom was produced by Drive Influence. 
which is a company that is focused on helping organizations, teams, and individuals solve their leadership and business challenges. It was recorded at the Innovation Media Enterprises Studio in Dallas, Texas. The sound engineer was Aaron Greger. The production manager was Sia Yasatorak. The Scratch and Surviving Podcast is brought to you by The Service Boutique, LLC, executive produced by Aries Webb Williams.